gospel reading for this morning comes from Mark's gospel beginning in the 16th chapter at the first verse. Mark wrote these things. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. And there you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, Lord, we are frightened of the dark. Don't leave us in the darkness. We stumble, lose our way, can't see others or even ourselves in the dark. Lord, shine in our world, be bright in our lives. Shine into the corners of our souls and give us light, give us hope, give us life. Lord, we are drawn here today to worship you, drawn to your light. So shine in the darkness and shine through us. Open our minds, our ears, our hearts your word for us this day. Amen. It's getting a bit harder as I get older, but I do remember bedtimes as a child. And I do remember being a bit uncertain, shall we say, of the dark. I was comforted by knowing that my parents were near somewhere in the other rooms of the house. But we had a nightly routine that would involve prayers, my mom tucking us into bed. And I remember being comforted every night by my wind-up teddy bear, who slept in the same bed with me till I was about nine or so. He used to have a key in his back, and was one that you could turn, and the result would be a soothing music box rendition of Brahms' lullaby. Now, no matter what was going on in my childish world, that lullaby voice would ease my fears and point me to sleep every night. I tell you this morning that nothing tames our fears, our fears of the dark anyway, 
like a light or a voice. Now, if you would, think of Mary Magdalene on her way to the tomb in the garden in the dark morning of a brand new day. She had stood at the base of the cross on Calvary and watched Jesus die a painful and shameful death. She had loved him. He had clearly loved her. She had held tight to him. And then she had to let him go. It had left an empty space within her. He had planted in her a wonderful hope that she could change. The hope that in this small community that surrounded him, she was not an outcast. So when she went with the other two women to the garden in the dark of the morning, that feeling was still fresh and raw. The hope was fading, and much seemed lost, and it was tragic. Barbara Brown Taylor writes, and I quote, Perhaps no place where hope cannot be seen. Easter, you see, is really the last thing that we are expecting. That is why it terrifies us so, because it really is a, more about hope than we could possibly handle. So anyway, the three women go to the tomb in the early morning to anoint the body. And on the way, they worry about rolling the stone away. But when they arrive, they discover that the stone has already been removed. The tomb is empty. A young man is there, and he tells the three who are now scared to death, in fact, that Jesus has been raised from the dead. I'm afraid you just missed it. But go and tell his disciples, the young man says, to go back to Galilee, where it all started, the beginning. And you'll see him there. And they got out of there just as fast as they could, beside themselves, their heads swimming, and were told that stunned, they said nothing to anyone. And just like the beginning of creation, before there was light, there was a voice. A voice in the darkness. A voice that announces new life, life beyond the grave. And that even though you have just missed him, he goes ever before you. Now, no one can say what exactly happened in that tomb because no one was there. They all arrive after the fact. But perhaps it doesn't matter after all because you see that empty place is not what Easter is all about. It doesn't really matter because the now living one who was in it has already gone. Clearly, Jesus wasn't in there. But we really do know deep down in our hearts that is just who Jesus is. 
He had places to go and people to see. You see, the living one is meant to be among the living. And he goes ever before them. The true story of Easter takes place in the encounters with the living Lord. Resurrection, you see, is ongoing. We find out over and over and over and over again that we are not alone. And you and I, we are to be witnesses to the light. Now that's a really strange statement. Have you ever walked outside on a beautiful sunlit day and said, I would like to bear witness that this is a bright and sunny day. Light needs no witness. It is self-evident. It bears witness to itself. But the irony is that our souls depend on the light of God. And God uses us as witnesses to point out the light, the light that has always been there from creation's very beginning right to now. So what does it mean to be a witness? Well, a witness has seen something. We all know that. We've seen enough courtroom dramas to know that a witness is valuable because he or she has seen something. Something crucial that will either help convict a criminal or set an innocent person free. But you cannot witness to what you haven't seen. So I ask you today, have you seen Jesus, the living light? Now most people today regard religion as a private matter, and they really don't want to hear about somebody else's particular beliefs. You talk about Jesus and most folks will still try and change the subject. But all we really need to do is simply point. Point to Jesus. Jesus still speaks for himself. And his words and actions are still the word incarnate. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the light of God's love and the darkest parts of humanity, they come together. And we learn quite quickly what happens when dark and light try to coexist. It is out in the open, very public, very certain. So make no mistake this morning. Life is different now. The way out of darkness is not by going back. It is by moving forward. It is in moving ahead. It isn't about empty tombs. It's about encountering the risen Christ who goes ever before us. And when we have that encounter, all we know really is that even death cannot confine him. So hear this this morning. He is loose. He is loose. And he knows your name. He's loose. And he knows your name. To God be the glory. Amen.